subliminal message. <laughs> Recording in progress. Right. Just so, gentlemen, we're good. Um, this Zoom is pretty clever. It'll give us a video file and a split out audio track. So. Oh, right from the get go. Cool. Right from the get go. Um, nice. And we're recording. Um, well, it seems like you shouldn't go silent right then. You shouldn't. Leave <laughs> that. I was I trying. Don't... I was trying to make it seem like something went wrong. Like I tried to sit still for a second. Oh, like... nice. Like you froze. So to see if we started <laughs> to see if we instantly started talking smack Fucking about Zoom <laughs> humor. Come on. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as someone freezes, instantly attack. Fucking crap. It's on my nerves. <laughs> Well, shoot, we don't have uh, Scott. We don't have you uh, in video form, unfortunately, unless no. you're meditating in the dark, which could be. You're a weird cat like that. You've probably been listening to some jazz or something. Fruit of the loomies. So, Scott, should we kick yeah. this thing off? And and why don't you tell everybody what's going on today? Today's a, it's a very special episode, like when you know when Arnold went to the bike shop. Episode number sixty eight. Nice. Of the narcissistic music disorder. Ep- yeah, Michael was on episode fifty. So this eighteen wow. episodes ago, man. Wow. Nice. Wow. So yeah, well, this one is. Um, I thought of this. I called John and said uh, we have to talk about this one because I can't explain it in text. And then I, I called Michael and asked him if he would be a part of it. And it's going to be about songs that are meaningful. I asked you guys to pick five meaningful songs to you and and i'm gonna say this okay i'm i'm chiming in right away um when you have nmd <laughs> every every <laughs> you oh, know what? Yeah. This, this is why there's not someone else to benting is gracious enough not to make those comments in the middle of this shit <laughs> um no <laughs> no but you know when you have nmd every song is meaningful like honest to god I mean, I'm writing my list and, and I didn't put Mr. Roboto on, but it literally could be on there. I mean, I sure. remember getting the cassette. I remember putting it in. I remember seeing the, the concert play combo. It was a huge deal to me. But every song that you like when you have NMD is a huge deal to you. Yeah. Every song, right. you know. So I, I um, can agree to these terms. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is. And I think that's the beauty of, uh, of the NMD disorder is you do is that deep connection. When you listen to music, uh, even, you know, e- e- the slightest, if I have a little interest in a song, like, Ooh, I kind of like that song. It's like instantly I put it in this file in my mind and it, 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 it it's a meaning is attached to it for some, sure, you know, sure. I was standing in the coffee shop and I heard that song and I asked the girl behind the counter what it was. And she went back to their satellite radio and it was, so-and-so and and i went oh my god i didn't even know i would like so-and-so and And i put that you know matt nathanson or whatever it might be i don't remember what it was but so anyhow meaningful songs i'm sorry i digress so we each have five is that right i probably have a hundred on this list oh yeah i got a bunch written down but yeah i have five that i narrowed it down to do you want to start us off what's your first meaningful song and why my first one is is on my it's probably one of my all-time favorite songs, um, which he has two of uh, my all-time favorite songs. Is Ryan Adams' "Oh My Sweet Carolina" with Emmylou Harris. I've got no complaints on that. I, I mean, love that it's, song. It's a to me, it's a song about a guy who who goes out and he, you know, he tries all different things. I try to 
I bought a borrowed suit and learned to dance. He goes to Vegas. He, but there's nothing like the simplicity of home. I, I would. Oh, my sweet Carolina, because that's where Ryan's from. Well, the sweetest winds blow across the south. Yeah. It's, right. It's, Which is a great line. Nice. Hey, you know, so the, <sighs> with all of our, you know, all three of us love Graham and Emmy Lou. So, I mean, that's just like a new version of that for us. Yeah. For me, that song kind of hit it when I heard it and I knew Emmy Lou was on it. It for me, it was like a like a modern, a new version of like Return of the Grievous Angel. Yeah. You know, which Ryan Adams sings with Emmy Lou on, I think sessions and- at heartbreaker is such a massive record from where he came from with whiskey town and to throw something like that that he had all of that still in his pocket you know after the great stuff in whiskey town heartbreaker the album heartbreaker is one of the few there's only been a couple of my i mean everybody who's ever pretended to make up songs this is one of the pitfalls of making up songs Everyone thinks they have a Sergeant Pepper in them, right? Everybody. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm sure at some point, Easy E was like, I, "Straight out of Compton is gonna be my Sergeant Pepper," right? <laughs> or, or Chuck D was like, "Fear of a Black Planet is my Sergeant Pepper." So everyone's got one, or a Pet Sounds. Depends on what and side of the coin. Easy to come off the piano and bust this crazy shit. <laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> what he was actually doing is he was in a big bucket, a big sandbox in the middle of his living room at the time. <laughs> Few people know that about Eric Wright, but I'm, I'm cutting in. No, but there's only been a few albums. Heartbreaker was an album that I heard, and I wanted, I wanted my own. Like I wanted my own version of that. I never got it because I'm not as Ryan Adams. I'm not that good. But the goal was I wanted that. Like I would like an album of my own that was like heartbreaker. Now the only other album I've really done that with, I mean, Sergeant Pepper to some degree is, um, is Charlie Sexton sextet under the wishing tree. If you could, if I could make up an album like that, you could, I could comfortably quit or, or the first faster pussycat album. Yeah. Good pick Scott. I love that song. Um, Ashley Youngstrom and I cover it. Uh, Angela Corbin and I play it. The, the violinist, her and I play it. And our, our version is fun too. It's yeah. always fun with some with um, someone who can really sing the female part. I mean, I can't sing the Ryan Adams part, but I, I don't sing. I'm a, a I'm a musical. I'm a song stylist. I'm not a singer, Scott. I'm a song stylist. Wow, <laughs> nice. No, I that's a great pick. song stylist. I'm right. You'll use now. it. You will use that, my friend. I promise. Yeah. Nice pick, Scott. Way to open us up. What's your first meaningful song, Mister Kreppel? Come on. Um, I'm gonna be go one. back several years to the day that my mom and I bridged the gap and um, surprise, it is a Van Halen song. Nice. I had, I had just recently started to play the drums. This is like early eighties. Okay. And we were, we were on a road trip, my mom and I, and I asked her if I could put in Van Halen too. And I said, I want, I want you to hear these drums. Um, Got to yeah. hear the drums. So the setup for Light Up the Sky, I mean, one of their darker songs on that album. Yeah. Comes on and she's like, you know, reaching for the volume knob. And I'm like, just hang in there, mom. The drums kick in, do the little drum solo in that song. And she was, she turned and she goes, I liked it. 
Oh. Yeah. And that was okay, huge, okay. right? I can, I can see that. Now, she had been hearing Van Halen coming out of my sister's room for years at that point and just thinking like, oh, it's a phase or, you know, whatever. But yeah. Light Up the Sky was like, um, I remember being in our uh, in our van. I mean, I remember the whole thing. Just I was sitting in the passenger seat. She was driving and um, being little, little crepple. Well, and... Those moments, like for my mom, you know, she died at 83 to her dying day. My mother could name every member of, of the original Van Halen because oh, wow. I the, it, it was the same thing. <laughs> I mean, and I told I've told the story on the show eight kajillion times. But when the 83 Us Festival was broadcast, my mom called in school for me on heavy metal day. Wow. She called dude. the school. She said, John is not going to make it in. He's not well today. Cause it was all day. It was all yeah. day on Showtime. Yeah. Um, and so she called in, and of course, at that time in '83, I I was like, well, I'm gonna stay all by myself, you know, which was cool. But I'm like, I'm staying all all alone by myself today. And my mom said, No, I called in too, and sat and watched that the, the US Festival with me throughout that day. Awesome. And that that was that was, I mean, you know. Was my mom a Van Halen fan? No. Would my mom go to a Van Halen concert? No. My mom, though, as a parent who did not always do the right, you know, wasn't a perfect parent, but she saw enough value in this. I can see how much he loves it. Just yeah, like, yeah. you know, just like your mom did. I yeah. can see how much he loves it and it's worth investing the time. Yeah. And definitely. and that goes a long way. I mean, my son, you know, my son, come in here and look at the skin I got on. Fortnite for my guy and blah blah blah. I, right. I don't, but yet when I sit there and I look at it and he tells me about it, it's no different than going, "Mom, you got to hang in there for the drums. You got to hear true, the drums." John. I, I, you know, I, 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 honestly, I, I hadn't, I hadn't put it in perspective like that. You know, as a as a parent, um, my son also loves the gaming stuff and also yeah. wants to talk about that. And I, you know, that's a life lesson. Well, you know, my son, my son, my son spit hot fire. Uh, of some hot fire of truths on me one day when I was criticizing him. I go, dude, what are you doing? I go in his room. He's watching YouTube videos of yeah. other people playing a video game. I said, yeah. I criticized, I stood in his door and I'm like, I, I didn't say that's stupid, but I was like, I don't understand that. My kid goes, I've watched you spend an hour watching a guy with a pedal just turn the knobs and and, and play through it. And I went, <laughs> Yes, you have, dude. <laughs> so, so my, you know, my, well played, son. Yeah, yeah right. Nice play, Quinn. My light up the sky is his Fortnite skin, you know. Yeah. And and as a yeah. parent, anytime you can connect like that, it's I think it's better for the overall, you know, the overall yeah. game. Yeah. So sure. that's pretty sweet, man. Moms, moms who listen to Van Halen. I mean, can you yeah. imagine? You know, and I'm sure my mom was like. Oh, great. You know, Triumph is on now. I can't wait to sit through this. <laughs> I think my mom probably smoked 600 cigarettes and drank seven pots of coffee that day just to get through it. I, w I was I was scared at the beginning. Like, I I was literally like, oh, man, I hope she just says no. Yeah. You know, when, yeah. when that opening of that song kicks on, you're just like, if you're not in for it and you don't know what's coming, it just it, it's going to be that Eddie Van Halen onslaught that you right that that have to digest. You know, it's not it's Dude. not your your uh, 
easy pill to swallow sometimes. Well, I, I never really, my father and I don't have a great relationship. And so we never really connected, but I had a moment at his house. I'd go every other weekend and he wasn't the type of dude who was going to let you run the TV or do it, watch shows you wanted, right? You're going to watch Quincy and yeah. shut up. But <laughs> I, he had MTV. He had MTV early, you know, mid whatever eighties era. He had MTV. Well, there was the new band that I was into at the time had a video come on and it was called Addicted to That Rush. And my dad played bass. And I said, Dad, the guy who plays bass in this band, Mr. Big, is amazing. You have to see him, right? Same thing, yeah. light up the sky scenario. Really I, clicked it, I clicked it on, right? Addicted to That Rush comes on. My dad, who's a bass player, lifelong bass player, goes, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. He's like, oh. he's terrible. He goes, what is he, if he wants to be a guitar player, get a guitar, you know, otherwise play the bass, you know, Miss. which is, which I get. I totally Sometimes. Get I Sometimes totally Billy Sheehan does that. Dude, I totally get it. And, but at the time, I don't know that my, my dad has that ability to listen to Light Up the Sky, to go look at the Fortnite yeah. skin, to yeah. rent the US Festival or, or watch the US Festival. So yeah, yeah. he was just matter of fact, oh, the guy's full of shit. You know, he doesn't, he can't, I'm sure he can't play Ring of Fire, whatever. <laughs> it, it hurt, dude. I, yeah. My dad wasn't the type of guy that I could sit there and debate my side. He said it sucked, so it sucked, and we moved on, you know? Yeah. So, you know, some people don't get it. All right, well, my first meaningful song, I have a huge list. Obviously, I'm very emotional. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to start out with a recent one. That's my adult life one. Um, and I'd been hearing about this woman forever and ever and ever. And everybody talked about her. And of course, you know, I was late to the game. And I just happened one afternoon. I clicked. I went to YouTube and I watched The Joke by Brandy Carlisle. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. And I mean, to this second, I, I've yet my record stands and I've told Scott this, I think he even said it on the show, but I've never made it through the video without crying. Never once. That's God's honest truth. Yeah. I, the audio alone, the song I struggle with to get through all the way. And it's because of a number of things. First of all, it, it emotionally speaks to my heart because I share a lot of those same feelings of, of, of that song. The second thing is professionally what I see every day. It, I see a lot of people who are, are, you know, they just, there's nothing comfortable. Nothing's ever comfortable. You never feel good. You always have that feeling like, you know, everybody's judging you. Furthermore, you've done enough in your life to have people who have literally given up on you, right? I mean, yeah. I have that. Everybody has that. But um, to the best part, you know, the joke's on them. You know, if you heal yourself, if you accept yourself, if you're able to speak about your feelings openly and realize that your humanity is normal and natural and healthy, well, then the joke's on them, right? Yeah. The joke's on them. And so that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge song. It will be for me um, forever. I so, just think so let me it's ask great. You, let me ask you guys this when, when you have a song like that, cause that's a pretty substantial headspace. Yeah. Right. For sure. Um, like what, what does it make you do? Like, do you sit back and contemplate? Do you, you know, do you go, okay, this made me, you know, like, what are, what are the things that they make you do? Like, you know, it makes you cry. And then what? Like, do you, um, do you well, sit it used and to think be, and you know no, what I mean? I mean it's like, 
It used to be. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it used to be, and I have a song on my list I'll talk about. Later. It used to be, I, it would just, if I were heading down, if I were in the downward spiral, it would get me to the bottom quicker. And that's where I wanted to spend my time anyhow. Because I was, at that time, as an active, fucked up alcoholic, um, I just, when I, I, you couldn't get me down enough. Like, I was always wanting to get down just maybe a notch before you you gave up on everything, right? And then and then there was a little victory when I could drag my ass out of that. Then I felt like I'd accomplished something, right? I'd gotten sure. myself so low that I woke up the next day and took a shower and went for you know I went for a run or a bike ride and I was resurrecting my life. I had that yeah. happen all the time. Um, the other thing is I think it just when I hear that stuff it gives me peace because I know even the most fa- these famous songwriters and these great people all over the world who've seen and done things I could only dream about. It boils down to those. Nor- I can tell we're connected emotionally somehow. That's yeah. what I like, That's you know? Cool. Yeah. What about you Benting? Yeah. Um, with some of the songs it's, yeah, it just, you know, brings up, feelings of things you did in the past and that some there's some that are meaningful to me that i can't even listen to anymore you know what i mean my wife has my my, my number one and for today has that has that well i have one that's not on my list but it's uh it's a song um that i've i've mentioned it before um called dress blues no my jason isbel yeah the first time i heard it it was not very, it was a year and a half after my best friend who was a Marine died. Well, there you go. So I was yeah. alone at work and just bawling. <laughs> Did it get, but when that song ended, right? When Dress Blues ended and you just lost your friend and, and all those connections were there. Did did it give you comfort at all? It does now. But then it was still too painful. Yeah. 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 And well, and, and it's now just it's been a you know it's been better than a decade since, and it's since still, 05. But yeah, and I just find the value for me is to know that I, I think as when music is serving that role, it's just to tell the next person they're not alone. Right. You know, like you are a unique human being, but these feelings aren't necessarily completely unique to you because when you get stuck in that you start thinking that's when people start checking out early, man, because they mm-hmm. go, nobody is, nobody feels this and I can't explain it to anybody. For me, it's yeah, really no nice. To, it. yeah. Nobody's getting it. And then you can stumble yeah. onto a song and be like, okay, I can't tell you how I feel. Sit down and listen to this. And I've done that a million times. Oh, everybody, sure. If you have NMD, yeah, I could, you know, I, I'm sure I could, the mailman, if I'm like, dude, you know, you're putting, you know, the paper, newspaper in the wrong place. And I can't even tell you what it means to me, why that bothers me. But I have a song that'll tell you why. And when the song's <laughs> right. over, the dude will be like, all right, I'll start putting the paper in the door, man. I didn't know. Right. I had no idea. That's you know, a great analogy. dude. I get right. it now. Yeah. So what do you got yeah. next, Scott? This one is uh, num- my number four is from American Aquarium. Uh, it's a song called um, One Day at a Time. And it helped me with sobriety. Yeah, I like that band. I'm glad you, you turned shared me that on with them. me, Scotty. I love that song. I'm yeah, glad I you shared that me with on. a lot of people that were, uh, you know, reaching out to me about that and the songs that helped me. And two of them are on my list, but uh, 
you know, the, the um, main thing about it now that means to me is, uh, is the, is uh, the line that says I'm in a good place. I'm walking that straight line I'm getting <laughs> along, writing these wrongs one day at a time. Oh yeah. Amen. That's pretty I good. I didn't realize it was going to be, it was going to be so heavy today, gentlemen. This is yeah. Dude, dude listen, we can With talk. Us too? Oh, Scott and I have literally had an episode. I'm sure you'll, NMD podcast 36, all about Twisted Sister. One of us probably cried during that. So <laughs> just it's that's how things multiple thing, times. That's how things run in these parts, man. Is this is that's good. You know. I so good. hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'll snap us out of it because of my next pick. I'm gonna get it. Everything's gonna be okay. Gotta get my, my cheater glasses on here, boys, so I can see what I'm doing. Um I you know why I put on this and this is a this is weird for me, especially after talking about Light Up the Sky and Van Halen and Oz Festival. I have my best friend, a guy named Craig Christensen, not a huge music guy. He's the guy that at one time in his life had like four or five CDs total. Total. That was his total count. Wow. But, you know, and one of them was like the soundtrack to Ally McBeal. I mean, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you no know, judgment, he had like. Greg. He had like the Ally McBeal soundtrack. I know he had Vision Quest or something else and George Thorogood Live. But anyhow, he also bought on vinyl when it came out in 86, uh, 5150 by Van Halen. So we'd put the speakers up. And again, dude, 5150 comes out. My man, Sammy Hagar's and Van Halen. This is, these are sketchy times for me, right? I'm, I'm scared about a lot going on. And uh, he puts the drops, the needle and, um, you know, we're listening to all the songs. One of the songs was a song called Summer Nights. Summer Nights in my radio. We had the speakers in the window. We were sitting on the tailgate of his old man's truck, you know, and yeah. it was blasting out and it was summer. And and the song, when the song matches the moment, I yeah. think those are where you make those really deeper connections. And like I said, the moment can be as simple as, you know, um, going to pick up your girlfriend for the prom or sitting on a yep. tailgate with your buddy or, you know, riding in the van with your mom. But when that happens and the connection is made, um, like I hear, I can hear summer nights anytime. I love the song. I love 5150. But when that song comes on, I'm right back. I'm at his address over on Woodhaven in Muskegon. It's summer. We're sitting oh. on the tailgate, swinging our legs, talking about, what it would be like to be 50 years old, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Summer nights by Van Halen is one of my, one of my faves. What do you got next, Michael? Um, uh, last night, actually, um, uh, my wife and I were on our way home from a get together, um, watching a live band over here in Canadian lakes. And, uh, my wife asks me, what's that one song? Da da da. We talked for a minute and all of a sudden, um, this wasn't on my list until last night. And then I remember this song specifically was permission for me to not just like metal. Oh, as soon as I heard this song and it was kiss off by the violent femmes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember sitting and I just got the chills just now remembering where I was. I was sitting in my bedroom, probably not doing homework when I should have been, and I had this this song come on and I heard the energy and the anger and the 
obscenities and, you know, all of those things that were programmed to not, not go for, uh, but you know, you get, you're getting them like with the metal and it had the same thing. This song kiss off from the violent femmes just rocked me. It gave I mean, me rocked. permission. Not, Why can't permission I get to just not one like fuck? metal is a lyric in the song. I mean, come right. on, you know, it was just fantastic. And we sang, my wife and I sang it word for word at the top of our lungs driving the car last night. I mean, Perfect. it was just so great. <laughs> Reliving that moment, you know. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It gave me permission to not like just metal. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I wish I could remember that moment in my life. <laughs> when you were when you were given permission to not. Boy, I don't know. Because, I mean, you guys know I'm a Beatles Beach Boys kind of guy. I mean, and I came up on all that stuff, but. I don't know, man. There was a period when the metal when the metal got me that I I wasn't too open to much else, man. Yeah, I, I really same. It, yeah, same. It, it's just I'm lucky that MTV I think was in in my orbit then because you some of those songs were so good. Some of the pop songs were so good that yeah. I didn't tell the boys. I mean, we weren't. I wasn't pulling Eldo Nova off and being like, dude. We got to get some, you know, motels going right now. Right. I mean, I didn't do that, <laughs> but, but, and I didn't tell the fellas, but you, you couldn't deny. I mean, even, I think even my medalist of metal friends back in the day still were like, yeah, that Rio song is kind of cool. Or, you know, yeah. it's a mistake by men at work is kind of cool, man. Or, yeah. Yeah. I, and I couldn't Violator even figure by it out. Mode is really oh, badass. Dude. Right. Yeah. Right. I know yeah. it was given permission to uh to like music other than to come out it took me a long time to come out i mean right and then i buried hair metal for a lot of years too because i like i want people to like me and i want to be accepted so i'm sure as hell not gonna walk in the room full of you know um alice and chains dudes and go man do you guys remember how good that pretty boy floyd record was or right. do you guys like i can remember a time where you couldn't even like motley Crue like that yeah. you were a joke if you liked motley Crue. And yeah. admitted it, you know. Uh -huh. And now there's a stadium tour filling stadiums with yeah. people listening to Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, yeah. and Joan Jett. Yep. So, yep. and I've been told the resurrection of that genre of music, some of it actually belongs to Marilyn Manson. Oh, wow. That really? he, he had hired, he had a private party and for his, pri you know, at his peak where he's probably throwing money and coke around like, you know, like anybody. He uh he wanted to have Quiet Riot come play his party and he did. He wow. Jeff Spicoli and hired the original lineup of Quiet Riot to play a party, and everyone loved it so much, it became kind of viable again. Huh. And then, yeah, that was my what I had heard. And I mean, I haven't talked to Marilyn Manson about. I could ask my friend Bruce to call him a guest, but I don't think. <laughs> it's What's your next pick, Scott? Uh, another sobriety song. This was the first one I heard like soon after I got sober. I got this record called Fables by David Ramirez and a song called New Way of Living hmm. um, really hit me. And I've shared that with a lot of people, too. Um, but the line that really got me in the song was it says, maybe it's time to move on. Maybe it's time for a change, a new way of living, a new way to bring home the bacon and it's just it's all just talks about you know something ending and um 
you know, a new beginning. And that's, you know, changed my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. You know, it's funny. I, I, I try not to talk about sobriety a ton. I mean, I do sometimes just because, it, you know, sometimes I got to illustrate a story with the fact that at one time I pissed my pants or vomited down the side of a van. I mean, sometimes I just need to have that firepower. Yeah, but, been there. But the fact is, um, for I would imagine for any life moment, and, and actually I'll pick the next song. Like I said, I just scattered a bunch of songs on this hey. list. But my, yeah. It, if it's so significant and you can use something like a, something you love as much as music to help you navigate it, I think that's really important because I will tell you sobriety, it, <laughs> man, I definitely shouldn't say this publicly, but I'm going to, it's also filled with a bunch of people's bullshit, man. And yeah. A bunch of fake stuff that doesn't really apply to your life. And it sounds really good on paper and and everybody wants to spit out something they saw on a poster, you know, at the doctor's office, and they think that's going to help. Well, it, it does nothing when the rubber meets the road. And and right. you, you know, I just told a, a guy the other day about the year I had. I had this year, and I can't tell you exactly what year it was, but this is on, on my son, on everything I love, this happened. I had spent a solid year and at the end of that year, I told my former drinking partner, and who's still a friend, but a guy I would drink with every night. I told it was had been a whole year, and I said to him, "You know what I think would be cool tonight? I think I'm going to go to bed." And what I meant was that for that previous year, I had never fallen asleep. I simply passed out. We called it fading to black. Mm. I did that for a year, and I remember telling him, "Like tonight, I want to put on different clothes to go to bed." And like get in the covers and go to bed because I hadn't done it for a year, right. and yeah. that's 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 different. That's you know a, a po poster with a little cat hanging by its paws on a clothesline <laughs> that says "Hang, Hang in, in there. there." You know that's all well and good. I hadn't fallen asleep like normal people for a year, and and that's they a poster isn't going to do that, man. Sometimes that you need something as powerful as another human being who says, "I have not," you know. Sure. Uh, it's Jason Isbell. It's uh, the Super Eight by Jason Isbell. I mean that yeah. whole story. Those were though. I had a million of those nights, you know, where we got done playing and everything was so good, and I wanted to celebrate. And then uh, the entire. I remember a guy in a hotel lobby. I come stumbling down one time, and I was really in bad shape, but and not Keith Richards cool, just a dipshit. And I, a guy said something to me. I'm like, I heard, you know, I heard what you said, and the guy goes. Please, man, my girlfriend could beat your ass. And at that time, I'm standing there. And honest to God, my first thought was, yeah, she probably could. I mean, I can't hold my hands up right now. I can't even. There's six of those dudes. And I've doubled those with my vision. So there's 12 now. You know, it's waves of people. But it's nice when someone can connect and you, you don't feel like you're the only person who's ever tried to rebuild their life or burn their life up, you know, or... Yeah. made stupid mistakes so oh, on that, that over here. yeah right right well that's because you're living dude and that's what happens right unless you bubble wrap yourself and stay in your basement you're gonna knock some shit over there's just no doubt about <laughs> yeah. it yeah my next pick um is a song oh. written by victoria williams um covered on the sweet relief fundraiser album for um for uh actually for uh health for um musicians 
Medical Relief, Sweet Relief Foundation, um, started by Victoria Williams. But the Jayhawks cover a song called Lights. Yeah. And, um, and that song is so important to me. My wife was pregnant with our son. I didn't, I'd never even held a baby before my son was born. And, and I've, you know, I mean this in the nicest of ways. I wasn't like, holy shit, my life is not going to be complete unless I have a kid because I didn't, I'd never had a kid. So I didn't realize exactly what happened. I was, my first thoughts were, I didn't have my dad around. So I'm not going to show him how my, I can't show him how to, you know, drop the tranny on a, you know, 82 Ford, whatever. Fiero. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for coming in with that. Fiero. Pontiac Fiero. First of all, oh, that's right. It was a Pontiac Fiero. Besides, you couldn't get on. You couldn't get under that car to do any work in So, but you know, I knew I couldn't do that. I knew I wasn't a manly man. I knew I wasn't going to be able to show him how to gut a bear and spread the blood on your face. And you know, so I, I wasn't crazy. I was praying to God, asking God all the time, please just make it a little girl because I, I, I can't do. I can't. I don't want to ruin a boy. That's what I said. I, I did. Turns out he's 14. I'm fucking him up every day, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but there's this song, Lights. My, my wife's pregnant, laying in bed in our little apartment. We lived in one room. Um, and this song was singing about, you know, all this stuff. What about this thing you had? What if it weren't quite perfect? What if there were something bad about it? Would you love it just the same? Would you still care about it? And, you know, you know what it's like when a, a kid, you, the fears, what's what what if something's wrong? What if I'm wrong? What if the baby's sick? What if this happens? What you know, th- those fear and that song would soothe me. It was like it doesn't matter. Of course, I- I'll st- yeah. I'm still gonna love it. Of course, and and I tell Quinn, my son, all the time. The first six months, I was here nor there, dude. I was here nor there. I called my buddy. This kid, this isn't fun. He pukes and craps and cries and yep. is this it change his diaper and this is it yep. well yep. and then the other thing you know having a baby for me was like going to the pool like where the people on the side are like stop plugging your nose when you jump off the diving board right <laughs> i would i would have to plug my nose to try to change a diaper because it yeah. was so gross now as time progressed you know i could drive the car and reach back and change his yeah. diaper and wad it up and put it in a uh-huh. bag and but Early on, it was like, oh, oh, gagging the whole time. (laughs) But that song Lights was, I I knew that no matter what happened with this thing that my my wife had growing inside her, this thing, I I would love it. And it turned out I did. He's lucky. I I did end up loving him (laughs) through no help of his own. That's for damn sure. (laughs) No, um, but it was it was really soothing that I knew, hey, man, no matter what. you're gonna it's gonna be okay you know and when you're young you know first time parents and all these how old were you john i was i mean i was old i mean i was old i had my son when i was like 37 Mm -hmm. i mean i was old i got married pretty late um i mean i met my wife when i was 26 um and but you have to remember too the first seven years of my son's life um i was a a limited participant um Cause my wife was busy raising him and also keeping me alive. So she had a lot on her plate and I wasn't, I wasn't always in a position to contribute to that. So it it took a while and and which is really funny. So, you know, he gets, he grows up, he's seven, I get sober, I'm able to engage. 
And, you know, now I have this best friend, you know, that I hang out with. I mean, we played last night. He and I jammed last night for, I don't know, an hour. Um, oh, like I said, nice. there's nothing cooler than I, I, breeding some dude to play the chords so I can solo over him. I mean, that's genius. <laughs> Every guitar player should do that. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, he, uh, those first seven years, I just, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong, you guys. I did, I participated, right? I changed diapers. I watched him. My, I don't know that my wife, there was a time when I would be like, please don't leave me alone. Like, don't leave me alone with a baby. Cause I didn't know really what to do. I'd never held one before. And now I've got one and, and I'm, I'm under the influence a lot. I'm unstable a lot. You know, yeah. I'm emotionally unstable and I'm physically unstable. I mean, I will tell the public this and you can judge me all you want. I don't care, but right away I was, I was watching the, the baby when my wife was working one time <laughs> and I went in the kitchen to do something. I came out and he had, tipped back a Foster's can. I don't know how much he drank. I can't imagine a ton got in his little mouth, but he definitely drank that Founders or that Foster's lager. That was mine. That was mine. He still talks about it. So anyhow, lights, I digress. What do you got next, Michael? Um, my next one has, uh, again, some attachment to my, um, to my folks It's really my dad. We had a long conversation some some years ago. Um, and, you know, like in the very early 2000s, um, I used to, you know, I had one of those VHS camcorders the size of a Volkswagen bus, right? And it had, you had to <laughs> sit it on your shoulder. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Um, well, I had one of those things and I, I would take videos. We were living in California. And, um, you know, we were really poor, so we didn't have regular trips to go back to Michigan or come back here to visit. So in like 1999, we got married. So in 2000, 2001, Lance was born. And then shortly after that, I, we were doing these videos and I'd send them along and I put what a wonderful world on one of these videos right to just kind of showcase and you cut all the fat out of these videos because back then you had to compress them so much that it came up about a square two inches on your (laughs) computer screen right so the only way to get it sizable to email was to compress it with real player whatever the hell it was back then um but after I had sent this video out, like an update, and I got a call from my dad, and and he says, "Hey, Mike, um, that song that you put in that last video, um, I just want you to know, I want that played at my funeral." Oh, wow! And I was like, right now, I'm having a visceral, emotional <laughs> reaction right. to this conversation, and. To this day, anytime I hear this song, I remember this conversation. I play it back in my head. I'm in charge of playing this song at his right remembrance or funeral or whatever the <laughs> fuck we call it now. Right. It is so ingrained in my DNA. This song is my dad. You know, that I hear oh, this cool and I just that. remember him. I think of him. I get to see him still. I'm so lucky. 
I spent time with him yesterday. We went and rescued his boat. Um, the motor took a shit and, you know, here I am able to go hang out with my dad still. Right. Um, and he's definitely getting older. He's going to be 77 here in a couple weeks or in a week. And um, that day where I have to hit play is coming. So it's right. It's carrying a new load. You know what I mean? It's it's like uh, it's looming. Years, it's looming. 20, yeah, right? twenty it's, years ago, I I had that conversation with him, and it was like shit. Uh, all right, Dad. Yeah. No, I didn't have any of my background. Now, then, I was like, I really was kind of a a blessed kid. You know, I had a really solid upbringing. I got to do everything that I ever wanted. I left home. I met the woman of my dreams. We made a kid. Um you know, married, all, all normal stuff. Yeah. We were poor as dirt, but we still were good, you know? And then to, you know, to have gone through what I've been through now at 52 years old, this song has like some pretty significant uh, ghosts, if you will. And it's amazing. And it's an amazing piece of work too. I mean, it's a great song. It's beautiful. beautiful. It's timeless. Yeah. It, and you, really... you could actually put that song up also in a technical conversation and just talk for hours about the way it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yes. in any it's position. It's got magic, lightning in a yeah. bottle, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, there's, the, you know, I like to think, you know, I think Girls, Girls, Girls is a pretty iconic song, but it does not quite carry the weight of of a song I like to, that. Listen, I talked to my friend Ross. Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out how not to name drop this guy. His first name is Ross, so we'll just get that out of the way. He was the engineer on that record. And wow. I was, I was sitting in in my Ross studio. Helping. By the way, if you're looking to not name drop, adding he was the engineer on that record just really. really <laughs> <helped>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's some peb- here's some walkway pebbles, a little yellow brick road. Um, I actually i I hate the guitar sound on that record, and so I texted him. I said, "Hey, dude, what in the world did you guys use to get this buzzing bee stuck in a can guitar sound?" And he says, well, back then they didn't have all of the boutique Soldanos and um, Freedmans and all that stuff, but they were, they had modified the JCM 800s. Oh that's, yeah. That's Modded what it was JCM. back then. And that's anyway, the classic. I digress. I start that's talking the classic. shit. But, no, uh, that's okay. A lot of Gale and Kruger. I wanted to interject a, a real NMD thing with, during your conversation about uh, the song for your dad, uh, yeah. Something that John and I always make fun of on we see on Facebook where somebody be like, let me get, let me put this song here that'll make you feel better. And <laughs> right. There's this song by the Badleys called Thinking in Ways about planning like your dad saying to you, here's the whole thing. It's bought and paid for the box, yep. the view and one more ride. There's nothing you got to worry about. That song just. Man. That's yeah. a. That's a killer song, too, by the Badleys. <laughs> you know what's beautiful is, as a teenager and early 20s into my 30s guy, I never thought about any of that shit. I'm really grateful yeah. for that, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't know what was... There was going to be, you know, what song's going to play at your funeral. I didn't think about that. I thought about, you know, 
it, you know, how much money they're going to have to hire whatever kick-ass bar band I like. And, you know, how how many kegs do you need for my three friends, right? right. <laughs> now that stuff sort of means a little bit more, but it's still, uh, it's still funny that, that we do that. You know, everybody, like, with NMD, you you know that and you you're specific i want this song i want this song and and then this one and then this happens and then you know m- you know this person cries and this song kicks in you know yeah. and then benting comes up to speak and he makes it all about him <laughs> but but yeah, you know how scott does that yeah right i know how he does for sure as i talk for 45 minutes about my kid um but the thing is other people are like i don't know play amazing grace you know, I mean, they they don't have that connection where if you have this thing and music has played such a role in your life, it's so funny that at the end of your life, you're still like, hey, man, to put a period on this whole thing, I'm going to need a song. I'm yeah. going to need music. I'm going to need you know music. Uh, you were talking about earlier, um, Scotty, about, um, you know, your road to sobriety and how these songs and, of course, we all know as much as John tells us, we don't know everything, but um, I think we can all like me on the same playground to say how therapeutic music has been in saving, saving us. You know what I mean? It's like on all, on all aspects, we are all alive due to those emotions that we get and, oh, for sure, for right. sure, without the, question. The, ultra, the ultimate therapist, I think so. And I think you know, people talk about music therapy, and and a lot of times when they they say that, they're thinking like sounds connected to motor function or mental function or things like that. And that's very. It, but for me, like music therapy is just the fact that you can hit play and and it's a curated, guided emotional tour. Right. Well, yeah. At the hands that's, of whomever. You that's know, the thing, David, David Ramirez might not have been writing about sobriety. But when I heard that song, that's the way it hit me. This well, is, that's how know, it's supposed was, to be. This is exactly because I was making a huge, you know, yep. change in my life then. And I, it was a new I was moving on to a new way of living. And yeah. And it's just so many things that in that song, too, that going back to it, too that apply to me like it's at the beginning line says what do you say when there's nothing to say do you fill the silence with a bunch of nonsense because mm-hmm. i can't stand stupid bullshit conversations and Those that's something that with either had. of you guys we can't i can't call michael or john and say you guys got five minutes because it doesn't happen right right and none of it's bullshit Hey, the weather's great here. How's your dad? It's 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 all always. Well, you got forty five minutes. <laughs> well, it's because yeah. we're all such deep thinkers and so uh, open yeah. and uh, emotionally connected. No, it's to because all of we our get feelings. arguments about whether the Beastie Boys are a band or a group or <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Or if I'm a greatest, sorry, but hits, they are a boy band. Or if a greatest hits album <laughs> counts in your catalog or not? Important uh, shit like. That. Was it on me? My. Yeah, go ahead. Throw one. yeah, throw something out. So this is my funeral song. This is a funeral song. It's "Found a Friend" by Pride and Glory, Zach Wild. Nice, good for nice. you. Good for you. you guys. I appreciate that. I appreciate you having some Zach at your funeral. It, Zach, 
you know, just he says what what you know what we do. Here's a song that says what I want to say. Yeah, you know, because I can't say it. Well, John, you can write. Michael, you oh, can yeah. write songs. I can. Yes. I can't write songs. Well, so Scott, I touch I such deep like emotional here. levels. This is what I think. Zach Wild thinks. I think the same well, thing. And, and you know? isn't that what it's supposed to be, dude? It, it is. It, it, I do mean it, though. I, I'm glad I found a friend in well, all of you guys. Well, of yeah. course, buddy. And yeah. I mean, I'm again. That's the the connection starts for us with music, right? But yeah. as you share your music, if you love music the way that I do, and you share it with another person, you're not you can't hide from yourself in it. It starts to draw out a roadmap for people that if they're listening, even surface, they can they can start connecting the dots and go, "All right, man, this dude." You know, if you went, "Hey, I want to share some songs with you that you know." Um, you know, that kind of outlined my life and it, it was all, you know, upbeat, positive, you know, whatever it is. So, yeah. you know, it, it, you'd be like, wow, but <laughs> you're doing someone, good, bro. yeah, dude, congratulations. <laughs> but yeah. merchant merchants like, okay, man, sit down, you know, do you have a drink? Okay. You're going to want to freshen that up and make it a little <laughs> bit strong. You don't want to add a little something to it, you know, because I'm going to lay some, you know, I'm going to lay everything on you from Towns Van Zant to, Joe Ely to Bob Dylan to mm-hmm. why why Tangled Up in Blue is so important to me and I'm going to sit here and talk about it and, and and that's vulnerable that's why when I go to someone's house I just told someone this and they've got CDs books records I go to those things because if you're new to me and I'm waiting in the you know you go hey I'm just gonna, it's just going to be one more second and I'll be ready and I can look through the books and the albums real quick I already I've kind of been given a little owner's manual right where I know, okay, you know, this is, we have this. If if everything dies and we're both sitting there staring at each other, I can go, hey, man, I noticed you had Kiss Alive too in your record collection. Is that yours? Oh, yeah, I got it as a kid. Oh, man, I loved Kiss as a kid. Oh, me too. Do you remember the, you know, Paul and Halloween special? And now yeah. we're rolling, right? It's, that's yep. the gift. The problem is in the digital world, this era, and I just thought about it because I want to. I wanted to buy Quinn uh, a CD, right? I wanted to give him a CD. Well, he plays the CDs in like his gaming system. It's not even the same anymore. And right. do I go, hey man, I got you this download? It's just not the same, right? Yeah. I miss that. I miss a physical thing. I miss. I miss handing him Black Sabbath Volume Four and having him close the door and open it up on his bed, and and me leave him with it, you know. Yeah. And, and let him have that. So, God, man, I wear reader glasses now. I pipe off about digital music. Christ, did I get any older? I should really get the song. <laughs> I really got to get the songs I want at my funeral leveled out and together because I just don't know how much longer I have. Uh, <laughs> is it my pick? Um, man, yeah. I have so many on here. I'm trying to think of something that's really deeply connected. You know what? I, I If someone else did, Scott, if you did this right now, what I'm about to do, I would, as soon as we got off, I'd be like, geez, Benting is such a soft asshole for bringing this up. But <laughs> this, this is a song that I danced with my wife at our wedding, right? As our wedding yeah, song. That's, I have a song for us too. Dude. And, and, and listen, and my wife will tell you that we're not, are we emotional people? Yes, we are. Uh, is it always, you know, do we stop in the kitchen for a, a warm embrace and 
Anna, and I love you. And, and we created this life, you know, and the boy comes in and we have a group hug and that, that rarely happens. Right. Yeah, hallway sex. It, 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 we, <laughs> we don't even have, we high five mostly. No, hallway sex is where you pass each other in the hallway and say, fuck and you, you, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that counted to my, my monthly numbers. So yeah, I'm having a lot of sex, a lot of sex, but, <laughs> but my wife and I, and it was weird, you know, but it was not a, you know, super known song or anything, but we danced to I Believe in Love by Don Williams at, at our wedding, you know, and I don't believe in Superman, you know, just really. And I mean, that song, my wife just played it uh, a week ago. We were sitting and she brought it up and we listened to it and just sat together. And, and because, you know, and my wife just said it last night. We, as a family, you guys, we had a breakout weird night last night. I got home from the gig. Everyone was up, which is a little rare. And it was raining. And we all went out and stood in the rain together in our front yard. My wife's doing. My wife got on the... Of course, you know, my son and I did everything from tribally dance around her. My son pulled up tribal drums on his phone. And we we made fun of that, right? We teased her the whole time. Did you listen uh, to Escape by Rupert uh, Holmes? <laughs> no. No. So we were, we were like... And caught I was, in the rain. I was saying stuff like, um, you know, well, it's called grounding. I think it is like there, you know, people say grounding is when you go out and you take your shoes off, you stand with your feet on the earth and that grounds you to, I don't know, mother nature or something. I don't know. I'm sure someone was high and made it up, but anyhow, (laughs) we did that last (laughs) night. And, and as much as Quinn and I, we're not my son and I, my 14 year old son, who's kind of like me and myself are not the two dudes you want when you're trying to have a spiritual moment in the rain, in the grass, you know, and not expect everything from, you know, like I said, my son pulls up these tribal drums and we dance around to, he pulls up this Bob's Burgers thing about, you know, capoeira karate, you know, capoeira is both breath giving and breathtaking. But, but we Uh. had that moment last night and my wife in her infinite wisdom, says, you know, we've been up against it lately and we have, you know, my vision and health and just, our, I lost, it's like, I lost my mom and, and her dad had a stroke on the same, you know, my mom was diagnosed. Her dad's stroke was the same day. And honest to God, you guys, everything went down. That's just how it is. It's been kind of speed wobbles the whole time. And my wife last night in pouring rain in our front yard with gumpy 14 year old and me. And she goes, you know, we've really been up against it, but man, we got it pretty good. And it was like, yeah, we really do. And it, yeah. that we went and listened to our Don Williams song, and it was like, shit, man, it ain't Dude, as bad as cool. you think it is. It ain't as bad as you think it is, you know. And she yeah. had that wisdom to do that. So, what do you got next? What is yours? Your your wedding song? It is, man. Um, and DOA. I'm gonna just anyone? let let the let the haters <laughs> hate. I'm gonna open up the door. Oh, um, Iris from the Goo Goo Dolls. I don't know that I can hate on that. I kind of want to. I, I kind of want to. I love it. And every time I, I hear to. it, no matter no matter where I'm at, I remember um, how my wife looked. And Yeah, just, I'd like to make fun of you. God, that sucks. I'd really like to make I like it. that band too. Come on. No, I like Come the on. band too much. To, I like them too much to make fun of you. I really do. And, and you know what? <laughs> Haters will hate. Yeah. And that's cool. As a band and as a group of songwriters, 
I, I actually, I think the Goo Goo Dolls are a pretty amazing band. They are, They're, bro. I'm, I'm not going to argue at all. I'm going to no, say that. I, they check an awful lot of boxes for me. Yeah. Yeah. Power trio, dude. I mean, come on. Well, and they, they, they live in this world where you have to remember too. I'm, I'm a tremendous, like I am a staggering replacements fan. And the opening band for the replacements final gig was the Goo Goo Dots. Oh, there you go. And, 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 and Johnny Resnick and uh, Paul Westerberg were friends and there was a mentorship there. I think they write great songs. Like I love, I love Iris. I love slide. I love all those songs, all the Goo Goo Dolls songs. The one I liked the best was written by the bass player, Robbie, and it's called Broadway. Broadway is dark tonight. I mean, it's kind of rocker. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do the NMD thing and say, I go back to superstar car wash. So, Oh yeah. I remember that. That I remember that record. That's where I got started. That is I was a fan before they got famous. <laughs> exactly. Hey. I, I quit listening when they became the Goo Goo Dolls. Do you remember <laughs> when they were the Fairfield Four? That's when I was. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's a good one. I love that song. So, is is it well, Iris? Oh, go ahead, Scott. Yeah. Iris what? I was going to say, is that the, uh, and I'd give up forever. To yeah. Uh-huh. You? That, yeah. Yep. How can you, and you talk about him. <laughs> Uh, what a I, was that written for a film? I uh, was, it was in a, in a film. film. Yeah, it was in. It a was film. like a, a kind of a big blockbustery film. I thought at the time. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. he write that after a after a dose of uh, writer's block or something like that? Uh, that Wasn't could there a be story like that. I don't know, but it's a jam. It it's is. a great song. That's a well, great. We might song. as well make it a trifecta because my number one was Charms by the Philosopher Kings, which I danced to with my wife at our wedding. Hey, hey. Can, can we stop a second? I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Kreppel dances to, or Kreppel's got Goo Goo Dolls, right? Iris. Yeah. I've got Don Williams. Don Williams and Goo Goo Dolls, although neither household names, are fairly known artists, correct? Yeah. Can we all agree yeah. on that? Scott, yep. what did you have again? The Philosopher Kings. They're Do you Canada. see what I mean? Do you see what I mean? <laughs> this dude has his NMD runs so incredibly deep. I'm not sure he even is aware of it. Right. <laughs> that is a Scott right. Benting. That statement right there is as Scott Benting as it's ever going to come. I mean, that yeah. is it. From where you go, dude, what were you doing today? And I'm like, hey, I was outside washing the cars. This is Sammy Hagar standing Hampton. Benting is like, yeah, I was out washing the car and I was listening to, you know, Art Blakey album that I uh, <laughs> that that literally was field recorded by a dude who had to lay under the stage, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was listening record. to Art Blakey this morning, but I it told was his you. big band see, record. Do you Why see you got to make mean? him right there, Benting? Do you <laughs> see what I mean? And he dances to the Philosopher Kings at his wedding. Scott yeah. Benting, everybody, the hey. uh, literally the the case study for NMD to levels of which I mean, basically all cases are based off Benting. Like you kind of measure your severity against Benting. And like, I was hey. very prophetic with that too because I saw those guys with uh, Kreppel, our friend Grape, and Jimmy Scott. Mm-hmm. We went and saw those guys at the Magic Bag. Oh, wow. And I told those guys, because we met them after the show, I told those guys, if I ever get married, I'm using Charms as my wedding song. 
Mm. Well, that's pretty cool. You knew it then. I knew, knew it, it then. then. Yeah. What did they cool. say? They're like, that's cool. Could man. you grab me and a then... beer out of that cooler? Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, step aside, buddy. Can I get a Molson? Can I get one of those Molson exactly. triple X's? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Puff, puff, give, dude. I don't care what you're dancing <laughs> to at your wedding. So, yeah, 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 man. Hey, real but, quick to uh, yeah. to just wrap up the Iris thing. It was City of Angels was the movie. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it wasn't. Nick I mean, Cage, I think right? it was. Yes, it was supposed to be a blockbuster, but I don't know um, that it. Meg Ryan. Yeah. And great video, too. Remember, he's looking through the big. Mm -hmm. Oh, great video. And he's. That's the other thing. He's a good looking dude, man. God damn. Resnick? Yes. Johnny Resnick. Johnny. Johnny. Robbie's the bass player, right? Robbie's the bass player, who I love. He's the guy I, I, I kind of got to spend the most time with. I think I told you, Scott, he gave me, I'm looking at him right now, like a chunk of 15 CDs that he had been involved in or had recorded. He wanted me to hear them all. I and saw those guys at Lamar Park once. We opened for them. They played with the, it was the weird lineup. It was like uh, the Goo Goo Dolls, the Chili Peppers, and Jewel. It was that is something what? for like, it was remember when Kevin Matthews was on GRD? I do. It I was do. like his birthday party or something at Lamar Park, and they that's all those weird. bands played there. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. a weird lineup. Yeah, yeah, I love. So we've we've obviously as much as I wanted to make fun of Crapple, I can't because that's a great jam. <laughs> Scott, what's tell me more about the Philosopher King song? What was so special? About it? I just always. I just always thought when, you know, because I had been a DJ for, uh, let's see, probably, oh, I, I think that record came out in 97. So I'd been a DJ for a while and at least 10 years. So I'd always thought that that'd be a cool wedding song. And I just kind of kept it to myself. I didn't ever tell people because a lot of times people would, people would even ask me sometimes, like, do you have suggestions for a first dance song? Yeah, I always thought that was so strange that they would ask faithfully. me always for like faithfully. suggestions. <laughs> faithfully, always faithfully. It You're was always, always Firehouse, you know. Seriously, love oh, of love of a lifetime. No, yeah, I, I, a- I actually said to someone, "Are you kidding me?" When and they, they said, told me they were using that song, <laughs> that's a Saturday Night Live skit. NMD <laughs> DJ, that's great. The guy who poo poo's everything you want for your wedding. <laughs> Like, that would be a good skit. <laughs> my wife was going to walk down the aisle to the wedding march. Oh, you would. You would. Yeah, sure. That's what anyone would do. But there's, you know, a, Art Blakey one... has an instrumental that you could walk down the aisle to. <laughs> I had, uh, of the many I have written down, I had another one that uh, our guest today wrote called The Shape I'm In. Ooh. Oh. And Dude. that one means a lot to me. Yeah, I. Well, not to embarrass Mr. Crapple. Just knowing his battle. I don't, I don't think we need to go down this road. I don't, well, I don't know if I can well, handle this gracefully. That's well, the uh, way you are, Michael, is uh, worrying about everyone else. Yeah. Dude. A caregiver. A caregiver. Uh, yeah, and that's yeah, that's the boys. best type of person. That's the person. That song should be played at every Hand of Giant show. <laughs> well, that Noted. seems awful bossy. That seems awful bossy and <laughs> intrusive. It's that good. That's why. Man, yeah. I appreciate that, Scotty. I'm uh I I'm in I'm in the midst of the material myself right now, and I can I will back that statement hundred uh, percent. 
let's see here. I got to wrap one up. I got to come up. So you, I was at the end of your list, Scott. Yeah. All right. I got to whip out of our wedding songs. That's uh, we should make our wives listen. (laughs) My wife, (laughs) my wife would be like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm not going to listen to you ramble about music. And then I was going to say my wife would be like, I need to listen to you talk about this stuff again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is it not enough that I can't get through my dinner without you rambling on about how important some song nobody cares about is a master. Oh my gosh. My dinner at the Kreppel's. I do not ever talk about the technical side of what I do for a living because oh, no, God, one, I, no one would ever stay engaged for more than five seconds. Says, I'm going to take <laughs> so, my plate. Yeah. I'm going to take my plate. Yeah, it's just the one TV of those that's cool. Forget it. Nope. How was your yeah, day? Exactly. It was good. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Tell me about your compressor settings while I eat my pork chops. <laughs> uh, let me think my five. So many, I got to think of a good one. Uh, so I seem emotionally vulnerable and sweet all at the same time. I don't have a good one. I will tell you that this this is my last one. It's song by Drive By Truckers. It's off uh, an early album called Pizza Deliverance, I think. Yeah, it is. And it's called Bulldozers and Dirt. And it's it's not a particularly remarkable song. It's not. It's a good song, but it's not remarkable in any way. But when I was trying to hook the baby trying to connect with the baby who's probably still sleeping right now it's a size 13 feet all over my house um <laughs> but when when i was trying to connect with him musically he was so little that the idea of bulldozers and dirt right he could get that he loved heavy equipment all little kids do right and playing yeah. in the dirt yeah. and blah, blah. so the song the subject matter doesn't matter but it was the first song that he and i he would request Nice. Can I list? Can we listen to Bulldozers and Dirt? Nice. Ah. And then um, I remember he came out to. I, I was playing James Street Station. It doesn't exist anymore up here. Had a, an acoustic gig, and I don't play Bulldozers and Dirt. But my wife said, "Hey, tonight my folks are coming out, and we're going to bring you know we're going to bring Quinn." And so I played Bulldozers and Dirt at that gig, oh, nice. and it was kind of cool. And now, That's cool. I mean, now he and I have a. a it's so funny. It's like he's 14 and he's my son, right? But as soon as he grabs his guitar or gets behind the drums, he's a guitar player and a drummer. Mm-hmm. So I dude, honest to God, I'm not I'm not gonna give you a hug and go, hey buddy, mm, you, you know, that chord's not <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go, dude, you know that's a seven. That's a minor seven, you know, <laughs> put that in there. And 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 like I said, I don't I never had a good great relationship with my own father, right? But I played music with him, and um, honest to God, my first my first gig with him, we took a break and we went. In the, we were you know standing in the bathroom. I was twenty years old, twenty one, and he said to me, "Do you even listen to the vocal melody when you take a lead?" And I'm like, "I, I don't know what you're talking about. I burn right. when my turn comes. I burn. I'm burning. I'm playing as much as I can so these people know I kick ass. I don't care about the vocal <laughs> melody. Right. <laughs> and he literally said to me, he goes, you got, and there were older guys in the band, like all his age and me. Um, two other guitar, three guitars we had, because one dude maybe did something else, or I don't remember what it was, but I remember getting to the gig and those other two guys, one of them went right in front of me to my dad. Holy shit, you're bringing your kids now? And I'm like, oh boy. Wow. And he told me in the bathroom that day, he goes, you better pay attention to those guys. One guy was named Stein Cranster. He passed away and I played with him for 
a million years in a band called Carl Benson's Wildcats. Their guy, other guy's name is Jimmy Hunter. He's still playing music in Muskegon. My dad told me, and my dad never gave me girl advice, life advice, none of that shit. But he told me to pay attention to those two guys. And I did. For that whole year or two I played with them, I paid yeah. attention to what they were doing. Right. And so with Quinn, same deal. You know, when we're playing together, he's my son and I love him. And if you said to him, that's a minor seven, I would argue with you and go, it, it, he did a minor seven or he did a root five and that covered <laughs> the seven. I would tell you right. to shut up. Right. With You'd me, be backing him up. I'd backing be backing him up. him up. Right. Yeah. I'd be yeah. going, he's 14, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't have that internally. Like when he screws something up with us, I, I, you know. I don't have he's 14 and he's my son. He's just the dude playing guitar. I will tell you, I will tell you last night, though, I'm his father. I'm 50 years old. I've been playing music since I was, you know, professionally since I was 16. He told me la he told me last night that uh that I play uh Poncho and Lefty too fast. Oh, geez. Like told me, quote, you know, you rush that. You rush that every time. I'm like, fuck out of my bedroom <laughs> get out of my bedroom and you know what turn your air conditioner off tonight and sleep in the heat i pay for that electricity right. and i'll play poncho and lefty at any pace i feel comfortable you little <laughs> turd dude yeah, i so have cool. i have such a such a uh overbearing nature too i jam with lance i even jam with my wife sometimes and none of them want to do it because no. I get, I get, I get into that place where I'm like, okay, don't, don't speed up. No, right, no, nope, I keep, keep that groove going right there. Yeah, like I'm writing something or whatever. <clears throat> I have a song. Lance came out, um, and I was lucky enough to get like four really solid bars of just, you know, like right, really good stuff. So I just cut that shit and I looped it through the whole song. Now I have forever this song with Lance on the drums in the, you know, done. I played it for him and he goes, is that really me? I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> that first yeah. of ours is player. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> but jamming, it's like, no, you can't do it like that. You got to do it like this. Yeah. Um, we. And then, hey, do you guys want to jam? Nah. No, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to jam. I don't even want to be around you. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it's like here, too. But I will say Quinn Merchant was the first drummer who played on the demo for No Saints in the City. Oh, he played man. drums on it because I needed a beat and I couldn't program it because I'm not good at that. I'm like, I just need you to do this. And then I yeah. mitted it and quantized it and I had something I could play to and it was him. Yeah, was, right. God bless. That's cool, now, man. my dad would have never done that with me. My dad literally had a room full of equipment and would say stuff like, don't touch it. You know, don't go. And all I wanted to do, you guys, picture a wall of custom tuck and rolled heads and cabinets and, yeah. you know, cool, a pedal steel, you know, all I yeah. wanted to do was touch it. And and yeah. he, uh, he he was not having it. Quinn, he can, you know, he can touch anything he wants. He can play anything he wants. But nice. yeah. And it's just because I want him to learn the chords right. So I have someone to solo. That's <laughs> nothing. <laughs> That's all right. I care about. Just play the one, four, five for an hour while I noodle yeah. over the top of it. And don't, and I don't ever waver in tempo and don't mm -hmm. talk while I'm doing it. And yeah. occasionally look at me if I do something cool, like I'm the coolest guy who's ever lived. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Nobody wants to I do it. I love Nobody this. Nobody wants scenario. to do it. 
Well, I so in a recap of, do you have you have any? Was uh was Iris your last one on your list, Michael? Um, no, actually, and I'll what definitely got? keep this keep this down because there's so much involved with this one. Um, when I had cancer, uh, I heard this song. <clears throat> excuse me, if I start crying. Um, the song "Watch Over You" by Alter Bridge. Um, absolutely stunning vocal. Mark Tremonti on guitar, I think. Right. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, Tremonti. and Miles Kennedy. Right. Yeah. Is Miles Kennedy in that? Band? Yes. Yeah. Um, this is the Blackbird record from 2007. Beautiful. So in 2000, 2010, um, when I had cancer, this song was like on repeat because at for a while um, we were oper- operating that I was not going to make it. And so um, I have the lyrics right here in front of me. And um, the lyrics open with... An, um, Leaves are on the ground, fall has come, blue skies turning gray, like my love. Then it's who's going to save you when I'm gone and who will watch over you when I'm gone. Um, sorry, yeah. guys. No. The, uh, this song I can't listen to anymore, probably ever again. Um, there was so much pain in our, in our house because of, I, because I was sick and, uh, man, just, it's a really, I don't wish anybody to have to go through something like that, but, um, it's a real honor to be alive today. You know, it's a real, and did it help? Did the song help you navigate that? I don't did know it give it you something? I, it gave me what, what, like what was it? It gave me this thing with my wife. Like I need to figure this. I need to apply what I need to figure out. The song is saying to me for you. Who so, the fuck is gonna be with you to take care of you? So like, it did give you something. It was giving you good orderly direction, right? It was yeah. giving you. Again, I mean, it's not always. Yeah. I don't think these emotionally connected songs are always, you know, they don't always make you cry and they don't always make you laugh. And they don't, sometimes they just tell you, Hey man, I'm going to, I can point you in a direction and help you navigate this thing. Even operationally. It's, it's, it's Scott talking about all the songs about his recovery and sobriety. It's not telling you, I'm telling you right now as a dude who, you know, I, I I don't know what time it is right now, but my guess, my hope is I'm not drinking today. So I'm not going to drink today. I don't give a shit what happens tomorrow, really. But right. um, the thing is, as someone who does that, it isn't always like this flowers and cellos and oh, yeah, sobriety's yeah. going to be. Sometimes it's just going, hey, man, how many more days are you waking up in your own piss? How many more days are you going to do this? You, right. You're going to bleed much longer? You know, how, how you going to jail again? It's as, yeah. it's as simple as... Although it's not some emotional connection and all cat hanging, hang in there, you know, ain't living long like this really kind of sums that shit up, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 You know, um, the Alter Bridge song, although it doesn't tell you, it doesn't tell you emotionally what the impact of that loss would be to your wife or your family. It just mm-hmm. tells you, hey, man, 
here's some things you got to think about. Yeah, and exactly. music helps you do that thinking in a safe and, and familiar environment. Where if I yeah. came over and sat down with you with a pad of paper and went, hey, dude, we got to work through this. You're going to go, dude, you don't even understand what, how I feel right now. Yeah, yeah. Music <clears throat> tells you I understand how you feel right now. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you you're not alone in feeling it. Yeah. And that's all you need. Yeah, you totally. just need one other person, man, to go, dude, I, I felt like that before because the thing I'm learning this in my professional life. I'm learning it in my I, God, I hate in my recovery in the fact that I'm not getting drunk today. All that shit. I'm just learning that if one person goes, I felt like that before. All of a sudden, it's a little bit easier because. You're not alone. Yeah. It's not totally totally. foreign. It's why when they discover a new disease, right? This new thing, bloop, for the first time in someone, everyone goes, oh, shit. What do we do with this? Right. As soon as they start learning about it, right? The next person who gets that thing, they're able to go, hey, man, don't freak because I know at least this much about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where the first dude, they went, never seen it before, man. We don't yeah, even know where totally. to start. <laughs> Yeah, that's what emotions are like, too. And that's what human experience is like. And that's what other people do for you. My wife, she always has to tell me, I'm not looking for answers. I'm just looking for an ear. Because my thing is, it's as simple as, hey, the guy at work said this. And my first response, you guys, as I live and breathe, I swear to God, it just happened is, well, let's go down there right now. Yeah, I'm going down there right now. He, he said, what? Yeah. Uh, and my am I honest to God, my first inclination is I'm gonna go down there and I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into his windpipe until it feels like the vacuum cleaner hose. Right? Mm -hmm. That's my first thought. My wife goes, I just wanted to tell you what happened, dude. And I'll work this out. And music says, I want to tell you what happened to me, and I yeah. worked it out. Yeah. And we I know the disease of heartache, right? I know what yeah. that's like. We we know the symptoms. And here's how I treated it. And I'll tell you, one of the songs on my list was Whiskey Bottle by Uncle Tupelo. Yeah. And I would get smashed drunk at the kitchen. So much so my girlfriend at the time would have to come out and be like, please, I have to work tomorrow. Please, can you just turn it down? And I'd be like, I will <laughs> turn it down and listen again and listen. It was not serving me any good. It yeah. wasn't getting me out of the black hole. It was just someone would be in the black hole with me. Right. Right. And I needed that, right? We need that. Yeah. We really need that. And that's what music does for guys like us, I think. And folks who have yeah. and folks who don't have NMD. And yeah. you know what? My buddy Craig probably goes, dude, on the Ally McBeal soundtrack, there's a song that we were watching Ally McBeal, me and my wife and my kids, and that song came in on it. So it does mean something to him. It doesn't yeah. matter that it's not the most yeah. obscure Americana or Bob Dylan or you know, yeah, whatever great, right? Yeah, it it can be like, hey man, I remember being pissed drunk and you know, wild side from Motley Crue came on. Remember we were standing in that field and I looked over at you and I gave you a hug and you and I high-fived and slammed that yeah. last bush light draft. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the beauty of the whole thing, I think, yeah, is that's why really we is. need it. And sometimes yeah. you just need it to say, you know, to know that somebody fought for your right to party. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, fellas. Good shit, dudes. Uh, yeah. It, uh, 
a, a good topic. Good, good topic, Scott. Good pick. Scotty. Thank you. Leave it to him, man. And he's always yeah, right. doing this too. I'll get that text like, hey, man, maybe the next show should be about our connection to jazz piano. He's always trying oh, to catch yeah. wins. So he's Garland. To... Oh man. Do you sure. see? I can't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much. Let you, let's do a jazz piano show. Is, sure. Let's let's do that. And you can talk and I can interject where you'll talk about jazz piano and I'll be like, you know what? The second Faster Pussycat album had some piano on it too. And the guy who played it. <laughs> they sampled Matt King Cole. On exactly. <laughs> All I'm gonna be able to talk about is Ben Mott Tench. And <laughs> Nikki Hopkins, and you know, Matt not the from king, dude. The, the king, right? The king, yeah. Well, you guys, man, good topic. Good topic. Thank you, Michael. Very thank much you for, for joining us, yeah, dude. Michael. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. Having me on. Sorry, Thanks. I cried like a little man, oh, dude. I, I did too. Oof. Hey, you I know, I, I hope, gonna... I hope somebody in their infinite wisdom is tracking the shows through, through now what's becoming the year, Scott, the years. Years. Um, I hope someone's tracking them and counting the number of times one of us have cried. Yeah, I'm guessing it's every couple episodes. F- wouldn't you say so, Scott? It's uh, quite a few. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there was a stretch there where sad songs. We yeah, we had a lot. Yeah, there's a. But you know what? When you have NMD, that's part of the that's part of the sweetness of it that you can but- be moved enough to cry. I I was listening to a podcast with Tom Dreesen the other day, who was a comedian who opened for Frank Sinatra for 14 years. Oh, and I wow. cried listening to him tell stories about Frank. So, yeah, I'm just I'm cry at if the wind changes guy. I don't yeah. know what it is in me. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I mean, it's terrible. But I can't it's generation home improvement shows where they fix people's houses for yeah, them. I cried right. every time. Yeah, I cried every during kitchen time. nightmares. I cried during kitchen nightmares recently. Oh. You know, it that's a generational thing. And we've got lucky where it's okay. I mean, I'll tell you what, my dad, probably your dad's, their homies, I don't think they ever went down. My dad never went to Nino's diner with Ron Lawrence and talked about the times they cried. That's for right. damn sure. True. And and furthermore, probably never would say that when he was about to cry. So we're lucky that we get to have those conversations. And I'll admit, even for me, the most sensitive, that literally go to the W's, you look up wussy, merchant standing there, I got two thumbs up. But even for me, there are times I'm like, dude, can you be a little bit stoic once in a while? Can you have a little 50s dad in you once in a freaking great while merchant, you know? Can, can you, you can you not cry every time you see Rocky Scott? Exactly. Well, <laughs> I don't know that I I don't know that I'm ready for something like that. <laughs> but but you hope as a as a fully formed adult male in this world, you're hoping that you're modeling some behavior to the other males of the world and, and anyone else in the world that it's okay to access your emotions once in a while, you know? And, and yet, let me tell you this, if, you know, if they're shooting at you and you're crying, you're going to get shot, man. You better, you're going to want to pick up and return fire. I mean, that's just how it is. I can't, I can't jam with my son like uh, you guys, but I, I am proud to say he is now listening to echo and the Bunnymen. So, 
Hey, hey, the lineage I, continues. I, I got him into the doors and now I'm continuing his Dude. transformation to a full NMD. <laughs> and isn't that the, I mean, really, you're, you're not. I mean, as much as we want to first. No, I don't want to. I was going to say as much as we want our children to be like, you know, molded by i don't want my kid to be anything like me i want to be no, happy and free and he's way more into robert fripp than yeah. i am so he goes well, he goes that style that, usually but that's that still that still checks out checks out with you dude <laughs> i mean that still checks out hey, but sorry john let me let me no. interject here because i i think i i think that there's something in there um if we're gonna kind of just discuss this um I had a very interesting once, uh, one once in a lifetime lunch with somebody you might know. His name is Jim Belushi. This is back in nineteen. Watch your feet. Watch your feet, everyone. Whoa. Watch your feet. <laughs> um, I had lunch with him, and we were just having a nice time, getting to know each other. I was working on a movie called Retroactive, and um, we went to lunch in, in North Hollywood. And he was sharing at the time he was in in a court battle with his ex-wife trying to get a 16 year old son back. And I was a new dad and you know, all of these things. And he literally leaned across the table, touched me like a, like a good friend. And he says to me, look me in the eyes and he goes, Mike, love your kids. I mean, love your kids because they'll fall in love with someone just like you. Oh, and I'm again, I'm about to cry. It must be Sunday. Is it Sunday today? Because I'm crying like nonstop. I need yeah. To, yeah. Tito, yeah. can is, I get a tissue? Exactly. <laughs> Jermaine, stop teasing. <laughs> <laughs> um, to this day, I share that because in the best way imaginable, I married my mom. And yeah, I'm not right. kidding. My wife yep. is so yep. much like my mom. Yep. With all that brings, by the way, with all that brings, don't let's not, you know, really, truly, with all that brings, that's good and bad and ugly, right? Yeah. But yeah. I can say this, you know, as, as as someone whose mother is gone and who grew up solely, you know, for the most part with their mother, thank God. Thank God yeah. someone has some of those things that I still, I still need, you know? Yeah. And it isn't, I'll tell you what, it's not often the hugs and the attaboys I need. I need someone to, to call bullshit where your yeah. mom would do that, where uh -huh. my wife has that, you know, she has that um, ability. I mean, she, <laughs> if it were a flag, if bullshit were a flag to be thrown, she would be throwing that flag a lot around here. Round but, one. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's nice that you're right, man. And if, if all you can, t if, if your love of Echo and the Bunnyman lives on in yeah. your child, who says my dad loved this so yeah, much dude. that yeah. he wanted me to have it, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's really cool to have a pocket knife, right? That your old man carried around. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden you throw it in the junk drawer one day and then you find out that the house was clean and they emptied the junk drawer and the knife is gone. Echo and the Bunnyman will never be gone. Because right. it lives, it lives inside, yeah, and that's that's forever. Yeah, that's very know? cool, Scotty. Yeah, very it's cool. very very cool. 
Broadly, God, what broaden a, the taste. This is terrible, man. This is what a, nobody's listening to this shit. I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Half the people are like, you know, I've seen Merchant's Kid, you know, and uh, I don't think he's all Merchant saying he is because I saw him in his front yard, him and his dad yelling about the grass the other day. So that relationship <laughs> might be different than Merchant portrays. When I'm going, I know it's smoking. Just restart it. <laughs> Well, fellas, thank you for a, a, a lovely morning, man. I really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, good times. It. It's a lovely really, both, really man. good. Good. I love you guys too, and and to all the disorderlies out there. Uh, thanks for for buckling up for an emotional journey through these songs. Keep and, it and you Keep it and you know what? Everybody else, you know, there were people sharing on social media, all the engagement, the show ideas, all that stuff means a lot to me because I've said it before. As much as the connection between, I mean, Scott and I would do this regardless. I mean, we would do it regardless. I think even if we, if there was no one to listen to it, we could maybe just do it over the phone, which is what we do. Is that not true, Scott? How many yeah. conversations have we had or went, dude, stop talking, stop talking. We're, we'll save this for yeah. the show or, or even before the show, there's many, many times I'm like, Scott, we got to stop and start this thing yeah. right now. We got to start recording this. But yep. the other people, you know, who interact and talk and share and, and say what songs matter to them or what their good times or bad times ooh, or good times or bad times or triplets on the bass drum. Um, what all those things mean. I think that's the best part. So I love you guys. I appreciate you doing it. Scott, do you have any closing words for us today? From the band I've said many times on the show should have a restraining order against me. I think it's a meaningful lyric right now for our times. And it goes, and for your sweat, you'll be rewarded. They told us every day. There's a land of milk and honey, and it's not that far away. But the finish line kept moving, and the promises wore thin. And the smoke on the horizon was the burning promised land. And this place used to be somewhere, but they sold it out from under us. Under us, our voices. All ignored. Well, thanks, everybody. See you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.